0: Hey, it's Chris Jones with the Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right, we sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show.
1: It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. What's up,
2: everybody? Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. I'm here with my co host, Chris. What's, What's
0: up? up, Brian? Good to have you. Yeah, man. How's everything going? Uh it's going well, you know, enjoying this rainy yeah, man, what's uh, end going of summer on with this? coming into Labor Day. So
2: All but right whatever. man, well, enough about you. The people want to hear Andrew O'Brien speak. He's our guest. So he's the uh the creator of the Vet Tribe and he's also the founder of the Warrior Council. Uh the Warrior Council was designed to help veterans reach an entire new level of success. All right. So uh how you doing Andrew? I'm doing good, man. How are y'all doing? man. We're doing awesome. Doing well. Doing awesome, man. Let's, so let's get into it, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your days in the Army and what led you to entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll give a brief two-minute overview of my life, and we can just dive in where you want to. Um, I was raised in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. I was actually raised by a prostitute mother, and um, I experienced a lot of you know crazy shit whenever I was a kid. And after experience all that as a child when I grew up and got to my adulthood I decided to join the army to escape you know my life and did the army for four years served in Iraq from 08 to 09 I uh, served as a lead gunner while I was in Iraq hey we
2: sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Where, where were you in 08 09
1: I was at I was about an hour and a half away from Cobb Spiker I'm um, over in Beijing by the biggest oil rig in Iraq
2: gotcha okay I was at Balad Oh, so uh, okay. But go, ahead. So, go ahead. Sorry, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. No problem. And so um, after that, I came home from Iraq and a year later, I actually attempted suicide. Luckily, failed at that. Uh, woke up with a found appreciation for life. Got out of the army at my normal ETS time. Uh, jumped around from job to job trying to figure out where I fit in. Uh, and during that time, my mother actually murdered her husband, shot him point blank in the head while he was sleeping and asked me to help frame someone else for the murder of her husband. I of course said no and moved away and uh, I got into entrepreneurship. And I got into entrepreneurship because I realized I had a crazy story to tell that could really motivate some people. I started speaking on military bases around the world. Um, And I also realized that, you know, when I got my first job, I got an HR complaint within the first week for talking about midget sex while on the job. Um, and yeah, I that'll do it. That the <laughs> civilian world was not for me.
2: Right. So how how did your mom react when you told her you were joining the army?
1: Uh, we weren't in the communication then, so she didn't really have much to say about it. My dad was a big fan of it.
2: Okay. Cool, man. So you mentioned about, uh, you go around speaking to military bases. Uh, how did you go about doing that?
1: Yeah, I just started um, getting a lot of media exposure, so to date, I've been on over 70 global media outlets um, about my story and overcoming you know these crazy experiences, and uh, all that news led into my first army base, which was Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, which is actually where I was based um, whenever I tried to take my own life. They invited me out to speak, I went and spoke there and then they were so impressed and the soldiers loved us so much they sent my information out to every army base across the world and for three years I got to travel around the world speaking on army bases all over the place.
2: Very cool.
0: What was the content of your speech? I mean was it just resiliency with your background and then wanting to to commit suicide and then fighting through all that? I mean was that pretty much the content of what you what you were talking about?
1: Yeah I did resiliency and suicide prevention but what I did was a little bit different i not I never used powerpoints or check the box you know ask care assist crap I, I actually used um I just used my story and gave hope that way instead of you know doing some boring death by
2: PowerPoint. yeah death by PowerPoint. yeah so when you had a story and it resonated with people people can actually relate to to people sharing their stories as opposed to sent through a just a death by powerPoint so totally agree with you there man
0: what made you want to kill yourself?
1: Uh, just the combination of experiences, um, majority of it, so a lot of people think uh, when they think PTSD they think combat and actually a lot, over 50% of the soldiers who are attempting uh, or actually successfully completing suicide uh, haven't even been to combat yet. So if you look at where the military draws from, it normally draws from a poverty-stricken area, and if you're raised in poverty-stricken area, it means you've probably experienced some things the average you know, person hasn't. So I actually had post traumatic stress from my childhood. No doubt. It didn't yeah. really come to fruition until the military and experiencing new experiences that kind of brought up the past. Very, very interesting, man. So, uh,
2: so you were on active duty when you tried to take your life. Yes. Okay. And what did that? What did they say? Like, what did the army say when they found out? Did they kick you out or? No, they the swept it under
1: the rug and took it as I was just trying to get attention. Um, and so they didn't really say much about it. I was glad that they swept under the rug. I didn't want to be med boarded. That wasn't my goal. Yeah. Um. So I just got out my normal ETS state.
2: Well, it's very cool that you were able to like overcome that and use that use that as motivation, helping inspire others. Because I mean, there are so many people who battle with with depression and have those suicidal thoughts. So you know, it's a great thing that you were able to you know overcome that and use that to help others. Um, but so what? What did you do prior to the Warrior Council? Like, what business wise?
1: So, I own a company called The Publicity Guy. And um, I built that company in 12 months to a seven figure business. Um, and that was after my three years of traveling and speaking and everything. But I had to figure out how to feed my family. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. And I was making good money. And, you know, it's still making money, but my heart wasn't in it. So, I thought. I'd be happy if I just made more money, and I made more money, and it, it didn't really give me the happiness I wanted.
2: So you were uh, you were making these connection, connections you know, from traveling across the, the US, speaking at different army bases, and you decided to use what you've uh, learned and launched the, the publicity guy, right? Is that what I'm saying? Right. Very yeah. cool. Okay, cool, man. So uh, what lessons did you take from the military whenever you were you know, leaving the the military life and joining, starting your entrepreneurial life, what lessons did you take from the military?
1: So the lessons didn't really come to fruition until later on in life, right? While I was going through it, I hated it. I hated the bureaucracy. I hated, you know, sweeping dirt in Iraq, and I hated moving rocks around and police call and all this stuff that they made us do all the time. I remember one time sweeping sand during a, des- a dust storm in Iraq and I had no idea what oh, we were doing.
2: Oh man. So I was that reminds me I was stationed in Germany, Ramstein Air Base, in 2003 to 2005 and they had this initiative called Combat Proud or Combat Pride or something like that. And we had to do things very similar to that. They had us walking around painting fire hydrants that were already literally painting the same color. Uh you know, just just stupid. Shit like that, and so yeah, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from on that.
1: Right, and it's funny because we look back now, and it's funny you can laugh at it, but at the time, you are like, "This is so stupid. Why am I?" Doing and we would
2: we would be on these details for like a week at a time, so it's literally you're just killing time. You're literally kicking rocks around, just waiting for you know 4:30 to come, so you can go home, right. and go to your thing.
1: So something I learned, you know, whenever I got home, as I actually asked some of my NCOs, is like, uh, I asked Sergeant Sergeant Carreras, he was my E7. And um, I asked him, I was like, why why did I have to sweep sand during a dust storm in Iraq? Like, you gotta tell me that now. It was right before he was PCSing and I was ETSing. And he told me, he said, "Ob, the reason I did that is because if I gave you too much downtime while we were in Iraq, your, your brain would have too much time to think about home. You would start to get distracted and you wouldn't be as proficient in the mission. Um, so our goal was to keep you as busy as possible to keep your mind off of home so that we can complete our mission and get home safely.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, right, and so you look at things like this and you learn a lot. The biggest thing I've taken from the military is discipline, structure, and resiliency, right? I think resiliency is the number one key thing that you need to be successful in entrepreneurship because it doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy. You will be broke and rich in the same exact day. Um, You know, there's just so many obstacles that you face. So I think resiliency is probably the number one skill set I left with.
2: Alright, so can you uh, explain to the people listening, because we have a lot of people who aren't veterans, who, who are entrepreneurs, can you explain what a, a vetrapreneur is?
1: Yeah, a vetpreneur is someone who has served in the military and they are an entrepreneur. So it's a very specific tribe of um, people who've experienced similar experiences in their life and now their ultimate goal is to do something more with that experience. You see a lot of people look at veterans as these people that just know how to kill and go to war, right? But if you look at business the right way, you understand that business is war. Business is a battlefield. It's, it's just like war. And the problem is, is a lot of people go to the war called business alone, which is why you know, most businesses fail within three to five years of starting because everybody does it alone. So entrepreneur tribe was created to bring veterans together and actually accomplish the goal of creating, building. Um, successful empires and legacies together as one unit instead of solely as an individual.
2: So, how does the Warrior Council play into that? Do you want to tell people what the Warrior Council is as well?
1: Yeah, so the Warrior Council is like the next step up from Vepnor tribe, and the Warrior Council is our $97 a month continuity program, and it's like a mastermind type of program following military structure. Um, So there's fire teams that you get to be part of where it's You're one of 10 vetpreneurs in a squad that has their own meetings once a week. Um, And the majority of the squads are very wide variety of industries, because I don't want to put you with the same industry because that's not gonna open your mind to different aspects of business. So I get you into a squad with different industries where they can open your your mind to different areas. Um, We do weekly roll calls, monthly missions, uh, weekly submissions. I have experts come in and do trainings it's really just it's masterminding together in the military style
2: very cool i love that man so what skills do veterans possess that make them great entrepreneurs
1: God, I man, there's so many i think the biggest ones that come to mind is discipline structure strategy resiliency and leadership that and we, the, the reason i say all of that is because we've experienced more than the average human being less than one percent of the united states serves in the military actively today Right, so that's less than 1% is experiencing these things that is a lot more challenging than business could ever be. When you're getting shot at, when you're getting blown up, when you have other people's lives in your hand, the stress and, and the talent that comes from those experiences sets you up for success much easier than the average person.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh-huh. Chris has a question.
0: Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, just kind of, I was wondering if you could break it down just a little bit um, for anyone that's gotten confused. But so you, you got, you are a part of uh, an organization called Vet Vet Vetpreneur Tribe. I'm sorry, <laughs> 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 Vetpreneur Tribe. But then you also do uh, Warrior Warrior Council, and basically these are communities of veteran entrepreneurs that are using your groups as resources to help them improve their business, am I, am I reading that right?
1: Right, right, and the Vetpreneur Tribe is a, the free resource and the Warrior Council is the paid resource.
0: Okay, and the Vetpreneur Tribe, that's, that's kind of a, a social group on Facebook and, yeah. and the website and all that, and then the Warrior Council is kind of a, a program designed where they pay for services to enrich their business, right? Right. Okay. So what excites you right now about the future of your your
2: council?
1: Well, right now we actually just found out yesterday that we're bringing in Mark Cuban to do a live Q&A to the group, that's which awesome. is freaking that's, super that's exciting. That's amazing, yeah. Um, and then Tuesday I start my tour for September. I'm going to be speaking uh, at two bases in, in Maryland next week, uh, the week after I'll be going to Germany to speak to three bases in Germany and the week after that I'll be going somewhere on the east coast again to speak to a couple more bases. So I got another tour uh, of speaking again and I missed that so it, that will be uh, exciting for me as well.
2: You get, you get nervous still speaking in front of a larger group of people?
1: Not anymore. I, I did the first six months uh, of speaking but I've been doing it for so long now that it it's more of a drug addiction. It's more of an adrenaline rush than it is of being nervous. Yeah,
2: man, I, I spoke to like 40 real estate investors last week and I thought I was gonna <laughs> crap my pants, man. I was, I was <laughs> nervous, but uh, very cool, man. So uh, what bases are you speaking to in, in Germany? Ramstein? I,
1: I'm not sure yet. I'm ge- waiting for the final word from them. It's not easy because different different time zones. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's still going to happen. With the hurricane here in Texas and everything that's going on, I wasn't able to get back to them right away, so yes. I'm waiting to hear if it's still going to happen.
2: Now, is it mainly Army bases, or do you do Air Force, or?
1: No, mostly oh. Army. Army is the only one that normally will have me out, um, and so that's the ones I normally focus on. I've, been, I've spoken to some Navy bases and some Marine bases. I've never spoken to an Air Force base.
2: So, yeah. Uh what do you just reach out to like the public affairs department and they they can book you a tour or book you a speaking engagement
1: no it's actually called in the army it's called asap alcohol substance abuse program um and that's where the sppm which is a suicide prevention program manager is they are in the asap department and um those are the people i speak to that have me out
2: very cool man uh so we got um you got the tour coming up you got mark cuban do you have a like a day for the mark cuban
0: yeah how'd you score mark cuban that's, that's awesome like, yeah let's, talk,
2: let's nail down on that
1: yeah so no date yet i'm waiting for final word from him and how i did it was i googled mark cuban's email address i found it i sent him an email and said hey here's what i'm doing with the nor tribe are you willing to do a 15 minute live Q and A to my group and his response was, of course.
2: That's amazing. And
1: he actually responded in one minute. I sent an email at 11.16, he responded at
2: 11.17. You know, I forget where I saw that, though. Uh, I saw that recently, I think on, on Facebook or something, but they, they were talking about how, you know, successful people and, and influencers, they're always on the spot. They reply within, you know, two to three minutes of, like, most email messages. So that right. just that just strikes how dedicated he is to his craft and just you know staying on top of everything
0: especially uh, considering you went through email you think sometimes those emails go to some sort of uh receptionist or a, a personal assistant or someone like that so that was awesome that he responded right away
1: yeah, that was my assumption. I didn't think that it was actually him checking his email.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, for media requests, you need to email info at markcuban.com. You just you right. emailed Mike Cuban. Mike Mike's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I got a question about your role as a speaker. What do you find to be the most rewarding aspect of, of speaking to all these troops?
1: So the most rewarding, you know, I used to get paid to do this. And I used to get paid about five to $6,000 of speaking engagement. Um, problem was is the military would only hire me in September, um, because September September is Suicide Prevention Month, so I wouldn't get gigs the rest of the year. You know, I I get some college gigs in October and November, but other than that, I made money about three months out of the year. Um, and there's a couple years where I did all right. You know, I, I made a decent amount of money, never as much as I did with the publicity company, um, but the biggest reward of it is. It's not getting paid to do it because I'm not even getting paid anymore. It's not just you know the attention of being on stage and having people listen to what I have to say. The biggest reward is every time I've left stage, every time that I've completed a speaking engagement, there's always been a line of uniformed soldiers or Marines or sailors going like almost to the back of the theater, all wanting to talk to me. And that is probably the coolest thing ever is I don't just speak on stage and leave. I don't leave the event until every single person that wanted to talk to me has had the opportunity to talk to me. And it's, it's a really rewarding feeling.
2: Well, you got a great story that you're sharing and, you know, a lot of people can, res- A lot, I mean, the, the, the amount of people that are actually going through, you know, depression and actually thinking it, thinking about taking their own lives, uh, that, that's a lot of people, man. So when you share your story and you can resonate, you can actually uh, hit home with with the soldiers you know they want to talk to you you know people have that affinity you know where they you know whenever they share the same thoughts and everything it's good to get feedback from somebody else you know
0: yeah and you made a great point about having uh, PTSD kind of almost ingrained in your DNA as a kid before you even got into the military I think I think you're right man I don't think most people make that correlation in terms of um soldiers coming back with ptsd and people just assuming that it's from combat i think i think you nailed it on the head with that absolutely yeah i mean
1: most people do assume that it's from combat when you hear ptsd you think war that's just the first thing that pops yeah. into your head um, but people forget that where the military draws from where they recruit from um, the average people that join you know the especially the army and the marine corps the majority of them are from poverty-stricken areas. It's not really a patriotic thing anymore. It's more of, well, if I, I can either join the army or end up in jail or end up dead. So right. which option am I going to choose here? I'm going to go ahead and go with the army. So if you think about people who are raised in poverty-stricken areas, the reality is they've experienced some circumstances that they probably don't even know is going to affect them later on in their life.
0: Yeah. How has having a, a family of your own kind of reshaped your Perspective on your past and your future, I guess.
1: This made me one badass dad. <laughs> I am a horrible husband. Like I, I'm not with the mother anymore. I'm horrible at relationships. But the one thing that I'm good at is I'm good at being a dad, and I'm I'm an awesome father.
2: Very cool, man. It's once you have those kids, it's it's something just happens. It's like you you look in, you look down at them, and you just realize you gotta do you gotta do for them. So, uh, let's take the last couple of minutes and then tell tell the veteran, the fellow veteran entrepreneurs, vetpreneurs, uh, how can they how they can get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, the best part to do is just go to vetpreneurtribe.com. dot com. Um, if you want to check out the Warrior Council, you can go to warriorcouncil.com. Uh, make sure that if you are a veteran and if you're if you are an entrepreneur or you're at least considering being an entrepreneur, join our Facebook group. It's free. Uh, we are a little over. Eight weeks old with 2,500 members in it already. It's extremely active in there. It um, is. Great people in there. And that's I'm, that's the best way to get in touch.
2: Yeah, I'm in that and I can vouch for it. It is an active group. It's very, like, people are dropping value left and right. So it's uh, definitely, I recommend swinging by and uh, checking it out. Well, Andrew O.B., thanks for coming on the Jones Zone, man. Uh, we look forward to uh, keeping in touch and good luck on
0: your tour.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
2: All right, man. Chris, you have anything
0: to say? No, man. Thanks for your time, and um, I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Same here, bro. Hey, good luck with Mark Cuban.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks.
0: All right.
1: Thanks so much for listening to The Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.